0: Only then, that which is nameless, comes into being.
1: This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Welcome to episode 11 of Urgency of Change. This and next week's podcasts are Krishnamurti in conversation with Mary Zimbalist, The first is on conditioning, and episode 12 is on fear. This podcast is produced by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please see our official advert-free YouTube channel for hundreds of subtitled video and audio recordings of full talks and selected extracts. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Mary Zimbalist was Krishnamurti's assistant from the 1960s until his death in 1986. Her memoirs, which chronicle her time with Krishnamurti, are online free of charge and also in the book In the Presence of Krishnamurti, which is available on our website at kfoundation.org. This conversation with Krishnamurti was recorded in 1984 Topics covered include Can the brain be free from all the programming it has received? Is this possible through watching the very activity of thought? Watchfulness makes the brain extraordinarily acute, sharp and clear. This clarity is freedom.
2: Sir, would you like to go into the basic question of conditioning? its effect on our thinking and what we can do about it?
0: I wonder what we mean by conditioning. Is it the tradition, not only present day tradition, but Centuries and centuries of tradition that had been handed over, handed down from generation to generation. And is it this conditioning, the whole background of civilization, culture, the social impacts, and the Many, many experiences that one has. Do all this contribute to the conditioning of the brain? Not only all this, but also the various impressions, the propaganda, the literature, the television. All this seems to add to the background, to the conditioning of every human being, whether he's very, very, very poor, uneducated, utterly most primitive, and to the most highly educated, sophisticated human being. The, this conditioning seems to be inevitable. It has been a factor that has endured probably over a million years, or 50,000 years. If all that is the conditioning or the background of every human being, And that obviously shapes our thinking, controls our reactions and responses, and our way of behaviour, conduct, and the way we eat and think and feel and react and all that. That seems to be the normal conditioning of human beings. And that has shaped our society in which we live. The society is what we are made of it what each individual throughout the million or 50,000 years have, according to their desires, ambitions, conditioning, to their personal tendencies, to their aggression and so on. All this has actually contributed to the society in which we live. So the society is not different from us. That's a fact we seem to forget when we talk about society. Society is something that gradually has come into being to which we have given all our endeavour, all our struggles, all our imprints and tendencies, this is a society and the society is us. It is not two separate entities. I think this must be clearly understood. The socialists, perhaps some of the communi- the capitalists, and certainly, communists try to change the social structure by laws, by various edicts, and so on. It appears that they forget the human quality, the human. Uh, condition and try to shape the outward structure without taking into deep consideration the human character, the human behavior, the human structure, the condition of his brain, which has been programmed for thousands of years. And it seems to us the conditioning of the human being is to be examined much more thoroughly, gone into it very, very deeply, and find out whether the human condition can ever be radically changed. And so the social structure which is born of human condition can also be changed. That is the real problem. Not only the freedom of human beings who have been programmed I – mean, we are using the word programmed in the sense that a computer is being programmed by experts, by specialists and so on. So we human beings, whether we live in the most primitive, brutal state, or the highly educated scientific community, we seem to neglect, or even forget, that this psychological structure, the, sub- the subjective entity who has brought about this really rather insane world, whether that human condition can ever be radically changed. That is the chief concern in your question, surely. So we must go into that. Not only superficially, the outward science of it, but also the... The human brain, which has evolved through thousands upon thousands of years, that brain itself, through tradition, through religious propaganda, through the propaganda of politicians and the leaders, the leaders of religious hierarchy, the, the the philosophers of India and Asia, all that have been taken into account, which is basically means the brain of human beings have been shaped by experience, by knowledge, by propaganda, and so on. If we are clear on that, then we must inevitably ask, naturally, whether the brain can ever be cleansed, yes. if we can use that word, of all the process
2: of time. So, am I correct in understanding that this conditioning of which you speak goes into the human consciousness in some, um, before the birth of the human being? In other words, he is born with a certain uh, loading of conditioning, a certain content, in his very uh, brain, that you would call conditioning, it's not only what happens to him in his uh, actual life as he grows
0: up. Not only that, but uh, we, we use the word consciousness, which is, if we can examine that for a while, that consciousness is all our reactions, responses, all our idiosyncrasies and tendencies, both biological as well as psychological, and all the beliefs, faith, the gods man has invented, the rituals, the daily routine of work with its boredom, with its mechanical responses, and also the fears, the anxieties, the pain, the depression, the elation, the, the intense sorrow, the loneliness, the the uncertainty of the future, all that, and the fear of death and the continuity, and all that is our consciousness. That consciousness, with its content, is the conditioning. And that conditioning, is centuries old. So the brain itself is the center of all this. Though the speaker is not a specialist in the brain and all that, we wouldn't even claim it, which would be absurd. But he has watched very carefully. Not only the structure. The way his own behavior and other people's, and so on, and as acutely observed, and one can see in one for oneself that the brain is the center of all action, all thought, all our fears, all our tendencies, propaganda the the innumerable subtle impressions and all that that is the the brain is that and can that brain which has evolved through millennia upon millennia can that brain be ever be cleansed of all the time-binding quality – that is really the deep question. Probably one never asked this question, because the biologists and the others are really interested in research the quality of the brain, how the brain works, how, how the electrical responses and so on, but they never ask it. Not that they have not asked, some may have. But we human beings who are not professionals, who are really laymen, or, ordinary, intelligent human beings, we've never said, asked or even inquired deeply, this brain, which has evolved through long duration of time, whether that brain? Can ever be free of its content? And that is the question we are asking now. Can the brain itself, which has been programmed and conditioned, ever ask that question? Or one really watches very diligently, acutely, how the brain works in our daily life, how it reacts, how quickly its responses are according to its background, according to its knowledge, according to its tradition. And in watching these quick responses, one discovers how conditioned those responses are. So would you in-
2: include instinct in this, instinct in this area? Instinct is part of our... Is that conditioning?
0: Instinct is part of our... Conditioning is part of our brain, which has been programmed. My instinct, say from one's instinct, when you meet a a dangerous animal, it's to run or kill or do something about it. I hope not killing, not to kill that beautiful animal like the tiger. Or a cobra in the field. One has watched these animals very closely in the wild, and they are the most extraordinary things. They are not to be killed, but to be to establish a relationship with them, so that there is no fear in looking at them. It's a different matter. instinct – that is, really quick response – is coloured naturally by our past knowledge. That knowledge may be very, very hidden, subtle, but without that knowledge instinct becomes is not possible, surely. Like intuition is another word which is used very often. Again, (coughs) that intuition may be the background of our desire, of our longing, of our hidden deep recesses of one's own brain which has hidden fears, hidden longings, hidden loneliness and so on. So really, what we should concern ourselves during this morning dialogue is to see whether the brain which has evolved endlessly through time, whether that time can ever free the brain or must the brain struggle ever endlessly in the field of knowledge, trying to ascend through knowledge to freedom. Of course, it's so obvious knowledge can never give bring freedom.
2: Could you say, sir, briefly, at least Why this is so necessary? What is so terribly wrong with knowledge and conditioning? Why should the human being seek to change himself in that respect?
0: I don't know if we have time this morning to go into this question of knowledge. After all, knowledge, to put it very briefly, Knowledge is the result of experience, whether very limited experience or experience which is from which you gather knowledge more and more and more, as in the scientific world. That knowledge is always limited. Anything more or anything better is always limited because it's measurable both psychologically as well as objectively anything that's measurable is limited and knowledge is, must always be limited i think this is obvious there is no can never be complete knowledge about anything they may be complete and all about some dead thing, but a living thing, and it's living, moving, changing, and you cannot have knowledge completely about a thing that is constantly changing, moving. And so, you... knowledge is limited.
2: But that knowledge and that conditioning. Knowledge is Yes, but still they play a very vital
0: part. Of course, in the of course. of course. life That's of everybody. Understood. Technologically and so on is a tremendously important thing. It is there you must have measurement, comparison, evolving certain facts and moving constantly moving. You can see what is happening in the technology world. You invent something one day and a few months later somebody changes it and adds more and so on. It is constantly being added where there is invention and so on and so on. It's quite clear, that. And perhaps that same movement is carried over to the psychological realm where we consider knowledge is necessary. That is, in the subjective world we consider knowledge is essential to know oneself. To know oneself is really a very limited Comprehension knowledge because knowledge is limited, but knowing is a movement not to know. I don 't know if there is a difference between knowing and something which you know. Could you enlarge a little bit upon that please? Then something which you know is static to which you can be adding. And what you add to what is already, it becomes static, mechanical. But the constant knowing, that's learning, not accumulating knowledge, but constant learning, moving, inquiring, exploring, pushing, 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 that is... Not based on knowledge, it's a movement. Like life is a movement, whether it's the movement in a tree, in a small blade of grass, or in the most amazing animals like the tiger, the lion and the giraffe, or the small insect. And it's the same life as in us. Therefore, one has to respect life, not kill life. So, we must come back to our beginning, which is can the brain be ever free from that? from all the programmes we have received. And the speaker, K, says it is possible. It is possible only through watching, not condemning or accepting, but just watching the whole movement of your thought, watching the way activity of thought, watching how the origin, the beginning of thought, and so in this watching, the brain then becomes much more sensitive. not only to its own responses, but sensitive to nature, to everything around one, to the world that is becoming more and more dangerous, and to the world that of one's own psyche, so that there is a constant objective and subjective relationship A interchange, never coming to a final decision. That is, never taking a position from which you move. And this requires not only a great deal of leisure in the sense, not doing it as a hobby, but as part of life. One must have leisure to look at life. One must have this time to see what is actually happening, not what you wish or desire to happen, but what is actually in our daily life is going on. And that watchfulness makes the brain extraordinarily acute, sharp, clear, and this clarity is really, if one goes into it very, very deeply, is total freedom.